Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you might be listening to this. This is the Jared Barnes Show. I'm your host, Jared Barnes. Today is Monday, October 12th, 2020. Let's have a week. And what a weekend in football that it was just in the NFL alone. And it was such a fun weekend for me. I saw, I watched a lot of great football. I had more time off than normal. I was able to do some things this weekend that, you know, I had a great time this weekend. I hope you did as well. Now, terrible things that happened this weekend in the NFL. We saw Dak Prescott get injured. Um, and there's just some things going on. But today's episode, I'm going to talk about Dak and what the future of the Cowboys is going to look like. I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. Are they in danger? Nah, I, I don't necessarily think so. But are the Raiders for real? Then I'm going to talk about the Colts and Phil Rivers. Are the Browns for real? Are the Seahawks actually really good? And LeBron won his fourth NBA title. So I kind of want to bring up that LeBron and MJ debate because it's a it's always a hot topic, and it's something that I think will do well here on the episode and maybe even on the YouTube. But again... If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm in a different studio today. Uh, it's is my old bedroom in my house. Um, there's some things going on in the, my family right now that have caused me to move out of the room that I was staying in. Um, if you know, you know. If you don't, um, my grandparents kind of moved into our house due to some things going on. But it's kind of personal, and I just don't know if this is the place for it. But I appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate everybody listening. Love you guys. If you like the show, subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. It's going to help me grow. I'm super excited, so let's just get right into it. And the first topic that I have for today, I would just like to start the show by just saying I am so hurt for Dak Prescott. I want Dak to know that all of us NFL fans are praying for him. We're praying for you, Mo. And we hope all goes well in your recovery process. We're looking forward to seeing the return when you walk out of the tunnel and step foot back on the football field. Now the big talking point that has come out of the Dak Prescott injury that, you know, and part of this is going to hinge and depend upon the recovery of Dak Prescott. But what will free agency look like for Dak coming up this March? He's expected to be fully recovered in four to six months, which would lead him right into March, right into free agency, a perfect timing recovery process for him, if all goes well. Now, the question is, will the Cowboys pay him like they should have done already? Or have we seen the final play of Dak Prescott's Cowboys career? And honestly, the excuses for not giving Dak the money he deserves will be too easy for Jerry Jones now because now he can say, oh, he's injured. We don't know if he's going to be dependable. We don't know what his body's going to be like. We don't know what kind of quarterback he's going to be. You should have paid him in the first place. Now you're in a bad spot where people are going to absolutely hate you, Jerry Jones. They're going to hate you. But now the Cowboys can get away with it. Or they could hit him with another franchise tag. But there's a chance that the salary cap next year drops. And the salary cap, the average salary for quarterbacks 
goes up has gone up again. So instead of $31-32 million, which they paid him this year for the salary, uh, the franchise tag, they would be paying Dak like $37, $38 million to play on the franchise tag. And you're a team that has already paid so many players. Can you afford to franchise tag Dak again? You might ha- either get strapped into paying him or letting him walk away. I want to see Dak back in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. I really do. That's where I think he fits the best. And... I love Dak Prescott. I love him. But all I know is I can't wait to see Dak return. I'm so excited for it. Um, I hope all goes well, brother. Um, I hope if you – I doubt you'll see this, but if you do, man, I'm just – I'm praying for you, and you didn't deserve this. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the worst of us. It could happen to anybody. Just know that us as NFL fans and low people talking in the media, high people talking in the media, we all love and respect you, man. Keep your head up, keep your chin up, and just keep fighting, bro. Now to move away from Dak, what is the outlook for the Cowboys for the rest of the 2020 season? I'll be honest. The Cowboys have not looked good at all this season, in my opinion. But it's not like the they have a bad quarterback now. I mean, Dak is hurt now, so their quarterback play is going to go down a bit, but Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. He's a solid gap starter. He has a lot of starting experience. He's made it to the playoffs. He's led his team to winning seasons. I think he always got a bad rap. And, I mean, honestly, he just kind of – he played for the Bengals. I mean, come on. You see what kind of organization that is. Tara, they don't have an outside practice, an inside practice facility. They only practice outside all year round. That's ridiculous. This is a professional sports league that you're playing in, and you don't have an indoor practice facility. That's a shame. But he was there for his whole career. Took over after Carson Palmer. They went from Carson Palmer to Andy Dalton. Now Joe Burrow. I mean, for a Cincinnati fan, you've had three pretty very good quarterbacks. I mean, Joe Burrow looks like he could be legit the guy. But there was times when Andy Dalton looked to be possibly a very, very good quarterback in this league. And I think, you know, in the Mike McCarthy offense, he fits well. He's not Dak. He's nowhere near Dak. Dak's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, no doubt. But in A.D. Dalton, he's he's at, he's above average in my opinion. He, he He's around Ryan Tannehill's talent level. He just doesn't get the respect Ryan Tannehill has because Ryan Tannehill did what he did last year. I think Dalton could do a very similar thing. And end up going and getting paid elsewhere. I know John Gruden likes him. But a couple weeks ago, I would have said maybe John Gruden wants to move on from Derek Carr. But after yesterday, maybe not. It's going to be interesting to watch throughout the rest of the season. But Andy Dalton is a guy I'm excited to watch because I love Andy Dalton. I watched him play a lot. I'm a Steelers fan. I watched Andy Dalton play a lot. I got a lot of respect for the guy. I like the guy. And I expect the Cowboys to make sure the ball is in the hands of their playmakers Zeke and Amari Cooper a lot. I feel like Zeke is going to have so many more touches now that Dak's hurt, and that's not on Dak. That's on the play calling. When you have Dak as a quarterback and you have the receiving core that he has, especially when they get down, they've gotten down so early in so many of these games that you had to start throwing the ball. And while Zeke does catch the ball out of the backfield, he is not like Christian McCaffrey at doing it. He's not like Alvin Kamara at doing it. He's not like a, a slot receiver for your team. 
And when you have guys like C.D. Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper in that receiving core, you're going to throw the ball quite a bit. But with Andy Dalton, Zeke's going to get more touches because they're going to want to use the play action a lot more, so they're going to run it a lot more. Cooper's going to be – I mean, he was already the primary target, but he's going to be the guy that gets – all the looks every single game because Mike McCarthy wants to keep it simple for Andy Dalton because I don't think he wants to do this extreme scheme for Andy just because Andy is the backup. But honestly, right now, currently, Zeke is the second best running back in the league just due to a couple of the guys getting injured. I mean, it's Kamara and then it's Zeke if you don't count anybody that's injured. It's not even, I mean, Zeke was a probably, he's probably in the top three anyways, but Barkley and Chris McCaffrey, you can make a debate on who the top three or four running backs are, but Zeke is easily in that conversation. So if you put the ball in that, your playmaker's hand, you play for the NFC East. They, they won yesterday, even though Dak got hurt, which gives them two wins on the year, which makes them what? Two and three in a division that's weak that has the Eagles, who are an average team, the Giants, who stink, and the Redskins, who have a revolving door at quarterback right now. Yeah, they're in a bad spot, but so the, but the Cowboys are not. They're in a good spot for their division. So they could still win the NFC East, even with Dolph, Dalton, the quarterback. And who knows? You get in the playoffs. If you get to the dance, who knows? You could start dancing. So uh, I'm going to be excited to watch them, but I still think they will end up in first place in the NFC East regardless of whether they have Dak or not. Moving on from that, though, I want to talk about the Chiefs-Raiders game yesterday. As the Raiders shocked the world as they upset the Chiefs with a score of 40-32. to And the thing that everybody is talking about today is how does this loss massively affect the Chiefs? And in my opinion, it just honestly doesn't. Um, they're still the Chiefs, and they still have... Andy Reid, they still have Patrick Mahomes, they still have Travis Kelsey, they still have Tyreek Hill, they still have Chris Jones, they still have Tyron Matthew. Like, they're still a very, very, very talented team. They're still the defending champs, but everybody's coming for their neck. That's what happens when you're the defending champions. But I will say this about the Chiefs. This year they felt like they've been kind of more dependent than usual upon Mahomes which is understandable. They just paid him half a billion dollars. But I'm, what I mean by more independent, more dependent upon Mahomes is Mahomes is a magician with the football in his hands. I mean, he does things that other quarterbacks can't do. He does things that other, that just other people dream about and of doing, and he does it, and it makes it look so easy. And you know. He does these crazy plays yesterday. He had this insane throw rolling to his left, throwing across his body to the right, and it looked like he was throwing to the other side of the field, and somehow it ended up in the middle of the field. It looked like this. I don't know how he did it. I honestly was amazed by it. And then a second later, I'm like, yeah, that's Mahomes. And I'm not even a Chiefs fan, so I can only imagine what the Chiefs organization, the guys on that sideline, when you get used to seeing the same thing, it almost becomes normal. And what Mahomes does is not normal. Let's not be spoiled by this. Mahomes is... Maybe the greatest thrower of the football I have ever seen in my entire young life. I'm 20 years old. I've watched Brett Favre. I've watched Drew Brees. I've watched Peyton Manning. I've watched Tom Brady. I've watched Aaron Rodgers. 
I've watched Ben Roethlisberger. None of those guys can do even close to what that guy did. And is doing and will continue to do at all. Rodgers is the closest, in my opinion, to the arm talent. Now, Josh Allen, he's got the strong arm too, but he just doesn't do the things that Mahomes does. So let's just not get spoiled by Mahomes. I mean, let's not get overly used to it. Let's just continue to be amazed by these plays because we're witnessing super greatness. But the Chiefs are going to be okay. (laughs) I mean, they're a well-coached team offensively and defensively. I mean, every once in a while you run into a buzzsaw. And the Raiders just were hot. They were a buzzsaw. They came in with a great game plan. They watched the Chargers tape. They watched the Patriots tape. They said, hey, I think we can figure something out here to stop Mahomes in that offense, and we can score a lot of points here. Because they, the Chiefs defense plays very aggressive and takes a lot of risks. And if you can, if you have the players to be able to exploit their risk-taking, you can you can do things. I think there are a couple teams in the AFC that can that can do that on a regular basis. But another thing is, to beat them, you have to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And, uh, you know, there were some, some things said yesterday that kind of caught me off guard, but I'll get to it here in a couple minutes. But you got to remember, the Chiefs, they're in the AFC West. So are the Raiders. The Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers are literally all building their organization around one common goal, and that's dethroning and defeating the Chiefs. So it's no shocker that the Raiders were able to beat them yesterday. This is what they're building for. Now let me talk about the Raiders and Derek Carr. Because yesterday, Carr played very good. He does normally, though. He does, like, his completion percentage is high. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. He's smart with the football. But yesterday, he was taking deep shots, unlike what he does. He likes to. He's a West Coast offense, so a two, three-yard completion is acceptable in that kind of offense. And if you go two yards, two yards, two yards in that kind of an offense, they'll give you the thumbs up because that's what you're supposed to do. But he was taking deep shots, and he looked better than I've ever seen him in a long time. Now, he didn't take the unnecessary sacks that he normally takes. When the play broke down, he did a good job of doing a better than just taking a, a dumb, unnecessary sack or trying to run for it and failing to do so. And he actually took shots downfield, like I said. And he had a 59-yard touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar and a 72-yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs had two catches and had like 120 yards. I mean, that's just the kind of home run hitter they got with Ruggs, and that's why they took him as the first receiver off the board in the draft. Now, they were aggressive, the Raiders, all game long, and it paid off for them. But when they needed to, they were able to pound the rock with their running backs, and specifically Josh Jacobs, to help drain that clock and not give the Chiefs the opportunities to score with time, you know? And something that blew me away, this is the thing I was talking about earlier, it's the one thing that blew me away. During the broadcast, it was fourth and inches, the Raiders, they go, they end up having to take a timeout, they originally were going to go play action and hit Alec Ingold, the fullback, in the flat, on like just a just a little flat route. Uh, Gruden called a timeout, he didn't like what he saw, he put Zay Jones out there, they literally run the same route with Zay Jones coming out of the slot, they converted the fourth down. Is that aggressive? Against the Chiefs, I, Chiefs, I think that's a, a normal call you have to make. You never punt the football back to Mahomes, ever. If you get the chance to run out the clock and it's fourth and inches and you convert this and it, it's ball game, you take that every single time because guess what? 
Mahomes is going to get the ball on the 10-yard line and take it to the end zone because he's shown us that he can do that time and time again. But yesterday during the game, Charles Davis said, after they converted that, he said, honestly, that was not the decision that I would have made. I would have punted that football back to Mahomes and let him go back and try to drive the entire field. And it was almost like he was saying he didn't believe that Mahomes and the Chiefs could do that. And it blew me away. Because as a color commentator, what that is Charles Davis, a guy that I have massive respect for in this industry, to say something like that, that's an extreme hot take that I don't think people are talking about enough that he said that. And the only reason they're saying it is because they won. If he says, oh, that's the decision I would have made, I would have punted the ball back to Mahomes, and Mahomes goes down and wins the game, that's something that's probably not going to get talked about either, but just more Mahomes magic that we're starting to consider normal at this point. But I'm excited to see what Las Vegas can do. Can they actually be a threat? I think they can actually make the playoffs as a wild card this year. They have a decent team, uh, good offense, solid defense, good run game, nice wide receiver core. Derek Carr is playing very well, just like he kind of always does. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the year. I like Gruden. He's one of my favorite coaches. My mom, that's her favorite team. She loves the Raiders, and she loves Gruden. She really likes that team. Uh, She actually didn't like when they traded for Antonio Brown just because she was tired of Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. And then when they got him, she said it's not going to work out. She literally called it, literally, I think that week, she said he probably won't be there to start the season. And my mom was dead on. And I just find that to be hilarious, to be honest. But I'm excited. The Raiders are going to be a good team this year. I'm excited to watch them. A team that is underperforming, though. The Indianapolis Colts, they're underachieving. And honestly, it's time for a change. Currently, the Colts are sitting at 3-2 and two, when they could easily be 5-0. and up. They have one of the best O-lines in the NFL in a top-tier defense in this league. The Colts currently have a quarterback in Phillip Rivers who takes unnecessary and unneeded shots that he actually does not have to take. Rivers has two games this year where he has two interceptions. Those two games, the Colts lost. He's thrown five interceptions this year, three games with an interception. There's two where he didn't have an interception. He played very smart with the football. They actually won, but I don't feel like they performed offensively up to par. And that's not on Rivers in those two games. I didn't actually watch those two games. I watched yesterday's game, and (sighs) man, Rivers was trying to force plays to happen that just were not there. And he tried to do that in week one, too, versus the Jaguars, and they ended up losing to maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL in week one. And then everybody hyped up the Jaguars, bought bought in and said, maybe this is Minshew's team, blah, 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 blah. I like Minshew, but that team's garbage. You can only play with the talent that's given to you, and that talent on that team is below average. I mean below average. But the Colts, they have above-average talent on their team. Honestly, they should be one of the top three or four teams. They should easily win their – they should win their division. And they should be, but they should actually be one of the top four teams in the AFC. And right now, they are not playing up to that at all. And I'll be honest, Rivers does not need to be this aggressive with his play currently. I like Rivers a lot. And I was happy when I heard that he was coming to Indianapolis. I was excited. I like Jacoby Brissett a lot. But last year, after he got picked, after Quentin Nelson got picked up and dropped on him and he got hurt, he came back. He just was not the same. And I said, okay, they paid him. 
some money. He's getting $20 million this year, and he's the backup quarterback. He played solid last year. They actually beat the Chiefs last year on Sunday Night Football with Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback. I don't know what happened at the back half of the season for the Colts. They just kind of fell apart as a team. They're very young, though. And it's, it's showing again this year that they're a young team. But I just feel like there's something missing on that offense. And it could be just the, the quarterbacks taking unnecessary shots and putting the team in a bad spot. But I thought Rivers was a great fit, even though it was talked about that Tom Brady, maybe he wanted to come to Indianapolis. And they picked Rivers over Tom Brady. And that's something that's wild, in my opinion, because I don't know if there's that many teams that would have picked Phil Rivers over Tom Brady. The Chargers were linked to have a lot of connection. Maybe he was going to go to L.A., Tom Brady. And that's where Rivers was. He was playing for the Chargers, so they clearly picked that Brady was a better option than Rivers. But they had seen enough of Rivers. They knew it was time for a change. And I thought Frank Reich and that offense was the perfect fit for him. Turns out, maybe not. It's too early to tell still, I think. But week five, you kind of get a gist for what a team's going to be like. And this Colts team is underachieving and just disappointing me so far. They were my most underrated team coming into this season. I have the video. I talked about every key point that I thought was going to happen, and they're not happening right now. They, Jonathan Taylor is the number one back, like I said he would be. Sadly, he got that position just due to Marlon Mack getting hurt in week one. Prayers up to him and for a speedy recovery. But I don't think they're using Jonathan Taylor correctly. I don't think they're giving him the ball enough. Feed that guy. He can run the ball. Drain the clock. If that's how you want to win the games, that's what they're playing like. Just feed him the ball. Don't let Phillip Rivers pass it on third and three to throw a pick, to force it way downfield on a play that he doesn't have to do. Currently, right now, it's just ridiculous. They're not living up to any expectations at the moment. I'm so disappointed. Honestly, I can't stress that enough. And at the moment, I'm left to wonder whether the Colts' record would be different if Jacoby Brissett was a starting quarterback. He plays more efficiently, in my opinion. He doesn't throw picks. He plays a lot more like Derek Carr, kind of conservative, but he's not going to turn the ball over. Derek Carr has one interception. Jacoby Brissett, I don't know what – he has less interceptions through five weeks last year than Rivers had this year. Rivers got five. That's one interception per week he's averaging. And that's that's not good because at, at the end of the season, if you average one interception per week, you just threw 16 picks. That's not good. I think a good ratio – for touchdown to interception, it would be 3-1 to one to 4-1. to one. I mean, if you play Madden, you know that that's probably like a pretty good ratio. I don't play a lot of Madden, but that's a pretty good ratio, 3-1 to one to 4-1. to one. Some are quarterbacks are better than others at that, and some are not. And some quarterbacks show that you can improve that by just making better decisions and not forcing the ball. Ben Roethlisberger is proving that this year. Phil Rivers, though, is trying to force the ball. I don't know if he has a whole lot of chemistry with his teammates right now. Maybe that's why he's throwing all the interceptions because the offseason was weird. But I think the record for the Colts would just be different. I know yesterday the safety that the Browns got off of Rivers throwing that ball out of bounds, that's not happening with Brissett in the game. He's not taking that dumb shot and overthrowing it so far that they actually call intentional grounding in the end zone for a safety. I know that interception to Ronnie Harrison, Brissett would not have forced that pass, and Ronnie Harrison wouldn't have took that thing to the house because Brissett wouldn't have made that throw. I know that with Brissett in there, they would have beat the Jaguars because he wouldn't have forced plays to happen. He would have just let the game come to him, and that's why I like Brissett. He's more of a game manager, but he's a starter in this league, in my opinion, and he should... 
He just plays smart with the football, Brissett does. And while some say he doesn't take as many shots, I, I don't think I want that as the Colts because the offense is built perfectly for the way Brissett plays, not for the way Rivers plays or is playing currently. Maybe Rivers can turn that around, but I don't think the Colts will announce Rivers or Brissett as the starter, I mean, um, for at least a couple weeks. If Rivers keeps up the play, though, they will have to explore that option because things are not looking great for the Colts. And I won't be shocked in the slightest if Rivers actually does get benched. It will not shock me at all. But now i got to talk about the Cleveland Browns because they played in that game as well. And they're, they are legit. I'll say it. I'm a Steelers fan. They're legit. Miles Garrett does not get the credit that other defensive ends get in this league. And that could be because maybe his actions on the field last year where he tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Maybe that could be because he's a former first overall pick. And his expectations were high from the jump, mainly because he was hyped up to be this one-of-a-kind defensive end athlete that was playing in the game of football. But for him, for, I mean, I'm just I'm so happy to see the comeback story. I mean, as a, even as a Steeler fan, he tried to kill one of my players, got suspended for the year. He kind of changed. It looks like he's a different type of player, but winning kind of solves that a little bit. Maybe the frustration that you had last year was there because the, the, the team was being run poorly from GM to head coach to assistants, whatever. doesn't matter. Winning cures a lot of things. And, you know, I'm happy to see him being successful and being smart this year. So he's part of the reason that defense is just as good as any other defense in the league. And uh, while I don't really fully believe in the offense as much because I don't fully believe in Mayfield um, as the quarterback of the future for the Browns as of yet, I'm a Baker fan. I loved him at Oklahoma, and I want to see him succeed. But yesterday he showed he can do just enough with his arm to help them win a game. The problem is, I don't know what that game would be like if Brissett's in. If Brissett's in, even with Mayfield did with his arm, maybe that's not enough. Who knows? But it was it was a fun game to watch yesterday. The Browns are legit, and I just have to put that in there because I do get a lot of messages from people, I mean, especially a couple weeks ago, and I haven't mentioned the Browns at all yet this season, and they're, they lost the first week. They looked very bad, but they have looked good ever since, and you know, that first week was maybe just them trying to figure things out. They looked great in Dallas last week, though. They looked great against the Colts this week. They're legit. And it feels like that they have their guy to head coaching positions for the first time since Bill Belichick. And Kevin Stefanski is legit. They are sit 4-1, and one, but it's a tough division. The AFC North, Pittsburgh is 4-0. and oh. Cleveland, 4-1. and one. And then there's Cincinnati. But Cincinnati at some point will figure it out. Not this season, but in the coming years. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, whether it is give Becker his fifth-year option, which will be fully guaranteed, move on and draft another guy, or uh, under or pay Baker what he's worth and uh, not give him a huge contract. It's going to be interesting to watch, though, because, I mean, with that offense, what they're doing is very nice. But some could say that Baker could be like, maybe I deserve the money, and destroy the entire way that team is built but anyways i'm going to take a short break real quick i hope you're enjoying the episode so far i will be right back all right everybody i'm back and again like i said i hope you're enjoying the show i got a couple more topics that i want to discuss i completely forgot that i wanted to talk about michael thomas's weekend because he had wild one 
Uh, Michael Thomas was ruled inactive for Monday night's game. And they said he had an ankle injury originally, not to rule him out, but they just ruled him out. They didn't say it was his ankle injury. They didn't say what it was. They just said he's out. And a lot of us just assumed, okay, he's clearly, they're still holding him out just due to the ankle injury. They, they're playing the long game here. But then the news came out. Michael Thomas was in an altercation at practice with another player. And the reason he was ruled out was because they're punishing him for the altercation. To me, that's not good. Your star wide receiver is fighting with other players on your team in practice. And it almost feels similar to Earl Thomas. Like, how he slowly went from good uh, good safety to toxic teammate to free agent. Michael Thomas is still younger and still in his prime. But you do things like this, and I'll tell you what, people will start to dislike you a lot. And this really, no matter, it can make people look past the talent and say, he ain't worth it. Because Earl Thomas is still a free agent, and there are teams that could use his help drastically and they're staying away from him because they said nah it's not the problems are not worth it even though he has the talent and that's wild to me but it kind of also stems back to last season you could kind of see the transformation where he kind of became almost like a heel over the offseason fighting with Devonte parker on social media mm-hmm. telling Devonte parker he's a bum because you know he's not as good but, I mean, I can only imagine with the numbers Devontae Parker would have if he was in that Saints offense as well with Drew Brees thrown to him instead of Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Adam Gase hated the guy in Devontae Parker, and then Devontae Parker ended up making a bunch of money for the Dolphins the second Gase is going and playing like in a, a, a very good wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, but I think that's a massive problem. I Sean Payton's is good at handling these situations, but still... Not good for the Saints that he's fighting with players in practice, especially a guy, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is who he was fighting with, supposedly. And that's just not good at all. Moving on, though, I also want to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of people say I hate the Seahawks. I don't. I don't hate the Seahawks. I really don't. I did make a video saying that they're going to be the most overrated NFL team this season, and they're 5-0. I was wrong. I'll admit it. But are they actually that good? I don't think they are. Offensively, yes. Defensively, they're garbage, though. They're terrible defensively. But they have a po- the possible league MVP for this season on the offense, help leading the charge and covering for the for his defense. But if Russ is not on that team, that team is terrible. How would that team fare against the Green Bay Packers? Now, while the Green Bay Packers defense is not all that special, the Green Bay Packers defense was built for one thing, to win in shootouts. I I cannot wait to see the matchup that we will probably likely see in the playoffs of Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. It's the matchup that I'm craving so bad. Because the Seahawks' schedule, honestly, 
They haven't played a great team so far yet. The Patriots are the best team they've played. And it took it. They literally almost lost that game if, but their defense came up clutch at the end. But Cam Newton was about a half a yard away from winning that football game. Um, the Cowboys, who were not that good, they only won by seven points, but it probably would have been more if DK Metcalf, um, you know, actually fully runs into the end zone. Uh, they they only beat the Dolphins by a couple points, but Dolphins look better than I thought. The Vikings, are not, they're a good team, but they just can't seem to finish games. And the Falcons stink, and they only beat the Falcons by, like, two scores. They play the Cardinals twice. They play the 49ers twice. And they play the Bills in, like, a month. That's the game I'm excited for right there, the Bills. It's good. That's going to be their biggest test. And they play in Buffalo at 1 o'clock. That game should be flexed to Sunday Night Football. I don't know what Sunday Night Football is that week, but I hope that game gets flexed because that is a game that I cannot wait to watch. But I just don't believe in the Seahawks' defense at all. They allow too many yards, and the second they play a, a good quarterback with a good offense, it's going to be very – in my opinion, I don't see – Russ can keep up. But is Russ going to go toe-to-toe-to-toe to toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers if they play? I don't think so. They're not the best team in the NFC. I think that is the Packers by far the best team in the NFC. And then the best team in the AFC, that's up for, for judgment. But the best undefeated team remaining is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I genuinely feel that way because that defense is too good, in my opinion. But I just don't fully believe in the Seahawks. A lot of people say I hate the Seahawks, but I don't. I don't. I really don't. I like Russell Wilson so much on the field. He annoys the crap out of me off the field. But I like him as a quarterback. He's one, he's the best in the league. It's, it's just fun to watch. And the last thing I want to talk about, I hate that I came to it last, but, you know, football is my favorite sport, and then basketball. So I took kind of everything in football over that because I, I like to keep the show. I like to keep it having a flow. I don't want to split it up and have football and then basketball and then more football and then maybe something else. Like it's going to be football and then the other sport and then the other sport. So I'm going to move on from NFL football and talk about LeBron James. The dude just won his fourth finals. And he won finals MVP. He came off playing a great season, a great season at his age of 35. Had an amazing run in the playoffs. Yes, he did play a Heat team that probably shouldn't have been there, but that Heat team fought and scrapped to get there. And honestly, Jimmy Butler might have been his best finals foe that he has ever faced of all time because Jimmy Butler played outstanding in that series. And it's more, honestly, the performance Jimmy Butler put on with his supporting cast is 1,000 times more impressive than the performance KD put on with his supporting cast of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Iggy, and other guys. But I love that Lakers team, and I'm so glad they won the championship. They did it for Kobe. They just, I'm excited for the Lakers. There's guys on that team that they got that were underrated old vets, old heads in the league, like Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo. They deserved a ring. They deserved to get one. Danny Green got another one. He got death threats after game five missing that shot. He should have hit that shot. Sad that he didn't, but he showed perseverance in coming back and even just playing in that game. 
I, 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 mean, I was so excited for the Lakers to see Alex Caruso get a ring. Kuzma, although he has gone to crap, he got the ring. I mean, good for that Lakers team. And LeBron's statement, this organization wants respect. The players on this team want respect. Rob Palenka wants his respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Said it so casually. He said, stop playing. He said, I'm the best player that you've ever seen play. And that leads me to the MJ and LeBron debate. And guess what? I'm not debating it. LeBron could have played very well in the 90s. And I don't think you can compare the two because they're two different types of players. I think you can compare Magic Johnson and LeBron. And then I think you can compare MJ and Kobe. But I don't think you should be compared. They played in two different eras. LeBron kind of saw the tail end of that era. Then he kind of saw the new era, and then he transitioned into the three-point shooting era. And he has still kept his game up to par, even in the three-point shooting era, to where he is good. To where he's one of the best in the game. He is the best in the game. He's. But MJ, he would just dominate guys mentally. He took it personally when someone did something. In. He would almost fake stuff and take it personally and then attack that in the next game and score 60. I got I love and respect MJ and LeBron, but LeBron would have played well in the 90s. You can't tell me that the guy that's 6'9, 285 wouldn't have played well in the 90s. You can't do that. Like it's ridiculous. There's I, I don't like that there is a debate. Can we just enjoy watching the greatness? Why do we have to make it a debate? Why? There's no reason. MJ was great. Magic was great. Larry Bird was great. Bill Russell was great. Kareem was great. LeBron is great. Who's going to be that next guy that's great? Will there be another person that ever gets in this level? I don't think. It's going to be tough. But to debate that there's there could be somebody that could get to that level of MJ and LeBron status is ridiculous. But to debate to debate MJ and LeBron, I find to be boring and ridiculous. That's why I'm not doing it. I love and respect both of their games. But I grew up watching LeBron. So I'm on the LeBron is the greatest person I've ever seen play. But I didn't grow up watching MJ. I'm only told the stories that I people want me to hear. I would have to go back and watch him play. Watch the whole season back to tell you who is better to who is great. But it, like I said, it's two different eras. Not even the same type of basketball. Basketball has changed so much since MJ played. It's a different game now. But MJ, well, I think, would have been okay in this era. And LeBron would have been okay in this area. But that's the thing. The greats can play in any era of basketball, in my opinion. Any. No doubt. No doubt Magic would be a great player today. No doubt Kareem would just dominate today. <sighs> Hope you enjoyed the show today. That's all the energy I pretty much have left. Uh, it was a good one. I had a good time recording it. It's a little different because I got a new phone and I have a mic that plugs into my phone, but I don't have the iPhone adapter. So I kind of use my, uh, no free shout outs here, but I use my Raycon E25 earbuds. Uh, I could have used my Apple earbuds, but I use I enjoy these Raycons. They're noise canceling. They're great, but no free shoutouts. Uh, they're not paying me to say that. 
I just enjoy them. If you have Apple AirPods, I get it. I got them too, but I, I really like these things because the way they fit in my ear. And uh, kind of in my old bedroom, so the studio was different, but I enjoyed today's episode. It's a lot of fun recording it. I said I wanted to get it out by 5 o'clock. It is 4.36 right now currently on Monday, October 12th. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a friend. If you didn't, pretend it didn't happen. I appreciate every single one of you to listen. Have a great week, y'all. I'll talk to you later. I'm out.